Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Study Break. My name is Melody and I'm here with my guest, Khalil. Hey guys, my name is Khalil and I'm a senior in high school. I live in Atlanta, Georgia, and I met Melody during our study abroad trip last year in Nanjing. So yeah. Yeah, we went there for four weeks, right? Yeah, it was like, yeah, four weeks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we went to Nanjing, as you said before, Nanjing, China. Yeah. And we stayed with host families. Yeah, it was crazy. We went to Nanjing University, which is, I think, the number five ranked school in all of China. Right. Oh, you know, I was going to apply, but then they asked for, like, um, you had to be, like, level five in the HSK. And I was trying to uh-huh. register for the HSK, but for some reason, it just was not, like, letting me. So I was just like, this is the Lord telling me just to sit down. So <laughs> The HSK is the Chinese test. Like, when Chinese people want to come study in America, they have to take the TOEFL, I think. It's like an English test to make sure, like, you'll understand English. You'll be able to live, uh, live in the country uh, with the language, I guess. So the HSK is to show your, profici- your proficiency in Chinese. So that they can know that you'll be like, you'll do good in the classes and stuff like that. So, yeah. Yeah, it's just like a simple or not a simple one. It's a pretty hard language proficiency test for foreigners. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. (laughs) I just (laughs) made it so extra complicated. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's okay. A little more detail won't hurt. (laughs) But yeah. Um, So do you have any crazy, like, study abroad stories to tell? I mean, obviously, like I said before, we can't really go too wild. <laughs> I actually do have a crazy story, and I don't think I ever told anybody this story. No way. Okay, I'm interested. Okay, so I was, like, walking. This was after class. So after class, I just left. I didn't, um, like, you know, hang out with anybody. Everyone just went and did their own thing. You know, I was just in that mood. Like, I just want to, you know, explore by myself and stuff like that. And then I had to pee really, really bad, okay? I had to pee so bad. So I was like, oh, my gosh, let me go to my host family's house, you know. Let me go back to the house or whatever to pee really quick. So I had walked, because, you know, I was able to walk. I was so lucky that I was able to walk. I don't know what I would have did. So I went back, and I was walking. I was like, dang, I had to pee. Like, I was trying so hard not to show it in my face. So, because I already look crazy. I want to look even more crazy. (laughs) <laughs> so then I got to the house and the door was freaking locked and I had forgot my key. So I was like, oh. dang, not only did I forget my keys, but the door is locked and nobody is here. And I have, I'm about to freaking pee on myself. So <laughs> I walked around the, the neighborhood and I'm going to every single street store, grocery store, market, um, corner store. Like, do you guys have a public bathroom? Do you guys have a public bathroom? First of all, they looking at me crazy because I'm talking about some. It's supposed to be or something. I think I was saying either. No, that, was right. that was right. Yeah, so I was saying it wrong. So they wasted my time. They like, I'm like, so I go in, I'm like, they like, uh-uh, what you talking about? You know, you mean you mean I'm like, a bathroom, a bathroom. And I was just getting so frustrated. Like, I'm about to pee on myself. And none of these places have a bathroom. I was so mad. I started crying. I was walking. I was like, stupid. Why don't none of these places have a bathroom? So then guess what happened? I walked back, back to, to Nanjing. <laughs> yeah. And I used the bathroom. Why didn't I do that in the first place? My stupid self. Why so, didn't yeah. you? I was like, I have no when idea. you were telling me, I was literally like, 
Why didn't you just go back and to that, go pee in the office restroom? I think it was just like the adrenaline from like having to pee so bad. I was just so desperate. I was just trying to find like the closest one when really I should have yeah, just went right. straight. I just wasn't thinking clearly. So, but mm-hmm. I'm glad that I know now that none of the street markets have public bathrooms. So now I'll know to use the bathroom before I leave anywhere when I'm in China. So I'm so glad that happened. <laughs> <laughs> Um, just for like some background information to everyone listening, um, basically the place that we took classes from um, was like a building specifically for international and foreign students mm-hmm. who went to Nanjing University. And basically we traveled with this program. The ninth floor, um, they had like two office buildings there, which were part of their program. And so we would always just go up there to just chill and, you know, sit in the AC room. Yeah, but I was scared of the elevator. Oh, my gosh. I should tell them about the oh, time. Should, yeah. Okay, okay, tell everyone about the time you got stuck in that elevator. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so I don't know. I don't know, like, the moments before it happened. Me and my friend, I had asked him to go with me to upstairs to get some water. And um, from day one, I was always scared of that elevator. Like the first time I walked in the building, I looked at the elevator and we was immediately not friends. So you had a feeling. I just had a feeling. So that day I went up there, to, I was trying to go get some water. I think you had actually made a joke about it actually or something. And then, so we just chilling on the elevator and it goes up like one foot and then it just breaks down. Like the lights go off, it starts shaking and stuff. It was so scary. And then was like, we're going to die. We're going to die. We're going to die. I'm like, shut the freak up. So I'm like, stop me. We're going to die. You're making me scared. But um, turns out that's just how he like coped with, um, you know, bad situations as he tried to make some joke out of it. But he was like legit making me scared. The good thing was that if the elevator did fall, it would it would have been like one story. So I probably would have got like a broken foot or something like that if it would have fell. Yeah. But it wouldn't have been too bad. It wasn't like we went all the way up to the ninth floor and then it broke down and fell. But we were waiting in there for like a good like 15, 20 minutes before someone came because um, I didn't have my phone because I was like, OK, we're going just up to the I think I think we were going up to the second floor where the offices were to get water. Or the fifth floor, I forgot mm-hmm. which one. But I was like, we're just going up to get some water and we'll be right back. So I didn't bring my phone. So when the elevator broke down, I'm like, we about to die. And I don't even got my phone to call anyone. So we were screaming help. We started screaming help, screaming help, screaming help. <laughs> Talking about some, oh, I got my phone. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> why did you? Then why did it? <laughs> so I was like, okay, okay, call, um, call. <laughs> so he called her and he was like, okay, we're stuck on the elevator. We about to die. And then she was like, okay, okay, press the red button, press the red button. So we pressed the red button and it started making a siren sound. And he pressed it for mm-hmm. two seconds. I'm like, boy, press that thing for longer. So he started <laughs> pressing it more. And um, that's when um, we were still on the phone with <laughs> And then she was like um, trying to call the people. She had called the people to talk to us on the elevator. But the people that called us didn't know any English. So they were just speaking this super fast Chinese. And I was just like, oh, my gosh, I don't even understand what they're saying. What is we going to do? So we just put the phone to the elevator and let talk to them through the elevator. And um, then they came out and got us and they, like, pulled us out. My dumb self, I'm rushing. I'm trying to jump out. The door is almost closed on me and slammed my leg inside. 
because I didn't I didn't want to take my time. I was just so scared. I was just like, get me the f- out of here. Yeah, and it almost closed on my leg, but luckily it didn't, so I'm good. And yeah, that's what happened. Yeah, you know, the crazy thing is, I was there, like, <laughs> I don't know if you remember, but I was walking out of my class. Mm-hmm. We have a break every hour, right? Uh-huh, okay. And so it was our second break, uh-huh. and then I was walking out. I was just going to find you guys, because every break time, I always go to your class afterwards. Yeah, exactly. And I was walking out, you know, I was feeling good about everything. And then all of a sudden, I see so many people crowded around our elevator. And then I see you and just hop out. I was like, (laughs) what happened? I was like, oh, my God, what Yeah, I was traumatized. (laughs) You were. Your face, your eyes were so big. Like, I can feel your terror (laughs) yes that was just the craziest thing because i always was scared of elevators like i was always this has been a fear of me fear for me since like a little kid so to actually get stuck on an elevator that was just so crazy i remember he was like laughing like khalil you already walked back inside you were pissed you were mad at him yeah because he over here joking talking about we somebody gonna die that was crazy i remember walking out i think i was with too we were walking out and then we literally just saw you guys roll out and i was like what the heck (laughs) i couldn't believe what was happening in front of my eyes i wish i would have seen it through your perspective so because i know it would have been funny it was definitely was not funny from my perspective but (laughs) from your i could see how it can be like humorous but yeah i'm so surprised i'm still friends with like (laughs) i was so surprised i did not cut him off after that (laughs) <laughs> no we're family yeah i know right it's kind of like one of those things where it's like okay i'm mad at you now but then like you have that time with them again and you remember like why you want to be friends with them in the first place so yeah. and everyone has their moments i know i've had my moments i probably pissed you guys off and you guys i didn't even know it nobody's perfect basically mm-hmm. anyways i had my moment where i was so mad at you and what we do? What the heck? I don't remember. <laughs> no, you do. It was the whole situation in the Shanghai hotel. Oh yeah. No, 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 no. See, yeah. we didn't. We didn't really know how scared you guys were. We thought you guys had kind of got over it. Like we didn't. Like you guys really did portray like your fear in like a good way. But then at the same time, you guys were still like laughing and stuff. Like. Like, oh, my gosh. Like, it still seemed like a kind of playful thing. So we didn't know you guys were, like, that scared. Like, if we knew you guys were, like, so scared that you couldn't sleep, like, we would have took the risk and let you guys stay. But we just didn't want to get kicked out of, like, the program. Because we already had one strike. Mm-hmm. Like, me and got caught by, like, and by playing in class Seriously? and stuff. Yeah. Because we were oh, playing around in class. Yeah. Oh. And um, so she had pulled us to the side, like, what the heck is y'all doing? Like, y'all need to stop that right the now. So then we was just like, okay, whatever. And then um, I feel like I feel like we just had so many, we just got so many chances. So like we just didn't want to take that risk, honestly. Especially me and <laughs> with our little mm-hmm. one strike from Shung Lao Shui. So yeah, I remember in the beginning of the program, I was all about the rules, and then afterwards, you know, we were all just having such a good time. Yeah, that, you get caught up. You know, you know what I'm so grateful for, too, that our class was really small for us to even have that type of relationship, because the next class after that mm-hmm. was so big, and imagine how big the classes were before mm-hmm. us, like, 
and what are the odds that we were able to have like such a small group to get that close with each other you know Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I mean, I'm hoping I can get on this podcast. I would love to tell our whole ghost story situation. Yes, you guys got to tell them that. Okay, yeah, I'm not going to tell the story. Well, I can tell it from my perspective, but you guys should tell it from your perspective in deep. Ooh, maybe I'll just create a whole bonus segment on this podcast where we talk about the ghost story and then it's like me and point of view and then you and point of view and then yes. i'll just like create like a whole like tv show almost like situation yes that would be really cool if you could somehow organize that that would be like a mastermind idea like if you could organize that and like yeah. the perfect like synchronization you a boss for real you already Thank is a boss for you yeah. starting the podcast like <laughs> Oh my god, no, I'm not. I'm nowhere close to being a boss yet. <laughs> no, you, are, you I'm have working to embody it. it right now. You are a boss. Like, you have to look in the mirror and be like, I'm a boss. Like, you really gotta, you know, live it up. That's how you Thank get you. into the mindset, and that's how you just achieve the things that you just had no idea you needed to achieve. Um, which kind of just reminded me about another crazy story about study abroad. But I feel like I've been talking too much. So I'm going to let you take it. No, no, no. Go ahead. I'd love to hear it. See, the thing is, the best stories to listen to are like just old memories. It's not even old mm-hmm. memories, but it's, it literally happened like less than a year exactly. ago. But it feels like so Right. Long. And it feels like the program was so short. Like good, yeah. I, we were there, and then I remember the first week, we were like, oh, wow, this is only the first week. And then little did you know, it felt like two days had gone by, but in reality, it's been a whole Exactly. Month. I remember that very first week, I had got all the tears out, like that second day. I was like, oh, my gosh, all these people are so amazing. Now I'm going to have to leave them in three weeks. I was so sad. I, like, I was just like, I was already feeling the emotion, like, I'm really going to have to leave these people in three weeks, like this is real like I'm not gonna be here forever type of stuff and um mm-hmm. I'm kind of glad that I got it out in the in the early stages of the programs because then it didn't hit as it didn't really hit as hard at the end when we were actually leaving so um I just kind of accepted it like you know these are gonna be some very some of my best friends and I'm gonna have to leave them so I just kind of accepted it at the beginning and just made the most of my time so yeah yeah I remember that video that. Uh, I forgot. I think it was sent it to me. And it was me crying. Like, I was literally bawling. Yes. Like, oh, my was, gosh. Yeah, I was hugging. And then, like, I was like, I don't want to let go. Yes. <laughs> like, these people literally changed my life, made me a better person. So like, after meeting you guys, I felt like such a good person right. like i just felt so good about myself i felt like i wanted to make change in this uh-huh. world like you guys literally made me into a better person mm. and like i remember i came back and i told my friends and i was like dude i literally had the best time in the world i kept talking about china for like the longest the next 
five weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Same. I'm the same way. I was talking about it. And then people would just get so tired of it. Like, I'd be like, China. And they'd be like, oh, Lord, here we go again. This China, this Chinese boy. Because, <laughs> you know, in my community, like, I, I'm, I live in a hood. So it's like, like, you know, they don't really know you, there's a whole world out there to explore. And when you have kids like me, or like, I specifically, I'll say, like, you know, black kids like me that are like, you know, trying to do big things and stuff, they're like, you're not even, they don't even say I'm black. They call me white and Chinese. They're like, you talk white. Oh, you Chinese. You speak Chinese. I bring dumplings for lunch and they're like, oh, Lordy. Kind of like every jealous in a way. Like mm-hmm. they see me as the enemy instead. When I'm really, I'm doing this for you guys. I'm doing this so that I can come back and help you guys have a successful life and stuff like that. So exactly. So they don't understand that. So it was really cool to like be around people who like are really accepting and stuff like that. Of and don't really see the things I I do as like oh he's just trying to be better than everyone. He's trying to be special, and they see it as like wow, like he's actually like passionate about this and he just makes things happen like he's so cool i want to be like him type of thing but mm-hmm. and they you, you guys seen it as like i want to learn from him and be his friend where they see it as like oh he's just trying to show off type of thing so yeah yeah i mean i'm not gonna speak for your community obviously but at least in my community it's always been like a very supportive space mm-hmm. obviously there's also a lot of negativity just because part of like the Asian community I feel like everyone's just really competitive because you know Mm -hmm. the stereotype Asians are always the best like we're really smart you know the typical stereotypes but then like also at the same time because of this like especially with like college and just your grades your extracurriculars everyone's trying to top each other yeah like it's really hard to find people who actually are genuinely proud of you Mm, right even though like i know like it's kind of like what you're feeling obviously you and i were on like different spectrums it's a different spectrum but but it's the same feeling and i feel like sometimes it just sucks that like your friends right Mm -hmm. or like you friends but like in reality they're kind of just indirectly stabbing you in the back right exactly and that's why I'm so glad that I met you guys because you just you guys are just such a huge motivator for me, especially recently um, has actually been super motivating for me, too, even though we didn't have like the best relationship in China. But um, me and him both got into NYU Shanghai. So he's like he knows how expensive it is. And he's like, yo, we got to come up with a plan to like make money, all this. And so we've just been, like, talking and talking and trying to come up with ways to make money. And it's not ever, like, a competition type of thing. And it's not, like, a thing where we're just talking about it. Whereas, like, other people that I try to work with in my school, I would have these, like, business ideas and stuff, and they would never follow through. I would go home, make the Instagram page, do the emails. I would, like, get the website set up. And then I would go back to school, like, bro, you didn't even, like, look up any suppliers or you didn't even go to that store you said that had the, had the stuff we need. Like, I, my point is that I'm just, like, trying to cherish my friendship with you guys because you guys really are special. Like, there are not a lot of people like you guys out there in the world, oh, especially in my experience with, you know, with the people I go to school with. I don't want to be like that mm-hmm. black person that's always talking about black people and stuff like that. But that's just how it is. Like, it's just, that's the experience. That's the life I kind of live in. So, yeah, I mean, everyone's point of view is different. And honestly, you just got to, you know, respect it and 
find the good parts of things because I know a lot of people like especially in this world today everyone's just focusing on the negativity like people are so easily offended now um Khalil do you remember the time when we were walking together Mm -hmm. we were out for a really long time and I remember like it got dark too Mm -hmm. and you were showing me around um the path that you usually walk to your host uh-huh. family's house because I take the subway yeah. to my house because my house is like downtown area but yours is like pretty close to the uh-huh. school mm-hmm. and then like we walked around and started talking you know we started um the time we met yeah. the first time we talked how we met other people yeah. and then we got into like really deep conversations yeah. about our own life, future mm-hmm. our past you know yeah 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 and you know one thing that you said that's always stuck on me and like it changed oh my gosh style you got to make get me in my feels already (laughs) no but like i know like you always say like i'm just saying the truth you know oh yeah yeah. and Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. honestly i know a lot of people might think it's like offensive or like really blunt Mm -hmm. for me between like me and you we always just tell each other how it is yeah Like, if we don't support the thing that you're doing, we always know, oh, no, that's a bad idea. Like, right. just don't do it. But obviously, we know there's a limit. Like, if that's their goal and, like, they try really hard and you know that, like, of course, yeah, support that's different. them. That's different. If, there, if there's potential, then you definitely want to support. But, like, if it's something that's just kind of, like, obvious, kind of, like, it's just, like, for example, if you were to, like, use do this uh podcast and all you wanted to talk about was like um you know if you wanted to talk about how to rob a bank or something like that i would be like you should not talk about how to rob a bank like why would you talk about how to rob a bank (laughs) you get what i'm saying like i can't come up with like an example off the top of my head but either way like people just need the truth no matter if they like it or not they need the truth and somebody has to be there to tell them because what i've learned is that eventually like at first when i hear the truth i don't like it I'd be like, oh my gosh, like you're like you're crazy. You're just trying to be a hater, this and that. Usually it comes from my mom. She will always tell me the truth. And um I would be like, damn, my mom really just like she just hating on me. Like even my mom trying to stop me from my goals. Then I come to realize, like, wow, she is right. Like I should have taken this into consideration and this and that. And if it wasn't for her honesty and her bluntness, I probably wouldn't have even studied abroad because it's like when I realize that she's right, I kind of adjust myself so that I can, um, I kind of change things. So like with my clothing brand, she would be like, uh, uh-uh, that's not right. You can't do this. You have to have a vision and this and that. I'd be like, uh, uh-uh, you just trying to hate on my design and my art. But then when I really come up with like a vision for the brand, it does make it like a lot better and stuff like that. So yeah, mm-hmm. that's just yeah. an example. I mean, definitely. That's just one example out of 18 years of experience with uh, me and mama. <laughs> Do you, I don't know if you remember what you said to me, but it was one thing that you said and we talked about for like, I think like a whole hour. Like we were just talking about it. Um, do I remember? do remember us talking about like um, you and your friends, like how you had so many fake people and stuff. And I was telling you how like you have so much more life to live. Like you're kind of like you were dwelling on these problems and I'm like, you have no idea what's about to come. Like if you can get through this, basically, like, you can get through anything. Like, you shouldn't really, this, stuff like this, like, fake friends shouldn't phase you. What, because what's going to phase you in the future is going to be 10 times worse. I think that's what we were talking about. And I feel like I kind of said it in the wrong way uh, back then, but that's basically my, what my message was. Like, prepare for the future. 
that wasn't what I was talking about. But yeah, we did also talk about that for a really long time. But what I remembered you saying was, uh, I think I've, you were talking about a problem you had. And then I remember you said, Melody, like, you can't stop pretending like you know the answer to everything. Like, you, that's just not how it works. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. In the beginning, I was a little bit hurt. But then afterwards, like, when you were elaborating mm. on it, I was like, this is true. Like, no one can know everything. Yeah, I was here trying to, you know, help everyone. I feel like throughout the program, I was always there to, like, listen to mm-hmm. everyone's problems mm-hmm. and just, like, you know, I just really wanted to be there to support yeah. everyone. But also at the same time, you know, listening doesn't mean you still have to speak right. out, like, your own advice. And- yeah. Sometimes just being you know there to listen I- is enough yeah. for that person. Exactly. Sometimes when you give advice, it might go the mm-hmm. wrong direction. It's better to just, you know, listen. And I feel like that's what I needed mm-hmm. to work on. I feel like I talked to <laughs> So, yeah, that comment really hit me. And I feel like it made me a better person just because, you know, I've always been someone who's really open. And I just like keep talking and talking mm-hmm. and talking. But I don't realize, like, yeah, this, this is kind of just... It's kind of like out of your control. Like, you of- can't really... You know, like, there are just some problems, like, yeah, like, you can't just be the superhero for everyone, basically. And I, the reason I was telling you that is because I had just learned that myself, like, the hard way. Like, um, I was, like, there was this one guy in the program that I was in, and he was just, like, going on about his problems and stuff like that. And I was just, like, trying to talk and talk and talk. Like, I was, like, I understand. I understand. You can do this. You can do that. He was, like, no, you don't understand. You don't understand. And it wasn't, like, in front of the entire program. It was just us going back and forth. He would say something, and I would be like, I understand. I feel where you're coming from. I went through this and that. You can do this. You can get through it. And he was just like, I, you don't understand. You don't understand. What the, I didn't know is that he wasn't telling me the whole part of the story. So, like, really, he like the situation couldn't be helped. It was just his own personal thing. And it was really embarrassing. Like, it, like you have no idea. I'd rather, I'd rather you get hurt by me telling you it now instead of you learning the hard way like I did. Because it's just so embarrassing to, like, really try to be there for someone and, like, comes to find out you were just the one that was in the wrong. Like, you were just the one that looked stupid the entire time. And really, there was nothing I could have really done to, like, help out. Or there's nothing I could say could have said to help out because that was just his own situation. But just us being there and listening to him was enough. And I just kind of pushed it to the limits by trying to be like the superhero and, you know, the save all. So, yeah, that was where you told me. And I was like, you know what? That's right. Because sometimes when I rant to my friend, sometimes you don't really tell someone the full story because, first of all, it might be a long story and you don't have the time. Second of all, you know, you just don't need to get so deep into your personal life. But you as a listener, you're like, oh, no, it's okay. Like, I understand. But like, do you actually Mm. understand? Or saying that to comfort me? Like, thank you for trying. But also at the same time, you repeating it over and over won't help me solve any problems. And me as like the speaker, a little bit more frustrated and annoyed, you know. Exactly. So that like truly shaped the whole new i'm so glad that that happened because some people like i would tell them that and i'd be like uh-uh you got it all wrong i do be knowing what i'm talking about i've been through this and that but you actually were like open to it and you taking it and you've learned from it so and i've taken a lot of things and i've learned from you guys too so that's good that's crazy mm-hmm. yeah i feel like 
a lot of the times people just I mean aren't open to change like they always think they're right but girl exactly (laughs) you're not always exactly (laughs) um I do have another crazy story about um study abroad too um you remember that one time I was mad at and I was like um did I say you why I don't think I I feel like I told you why but basically we were in class and we were like playing around and he called me the n-word holy crap I did not I didn't yep well he didn't call me the he didn't really call me the full word he said like it and then he like stopped and he was like "Ooh." so I was I I was actually not really as mad as I would have been because he knew that it was wrong in the first place but um the fact that he even said it on accident, I'm like, dude, like, you probably say this every day back at home if you even say it on accident. So that had made me so mad because, like, it's kind of one of those things where you, like, really think someone's a good guy, especially with me being in a, going to a school where it's, like, a lot of only, like, only Black people, I'll just be honest. Like, it's only Black people at my school. So we actually hear a lot of stereotypes about white people. And we're like, white people are crazy. They think they can get away with anything, blah, blah, blah. And I was always the one because I had experience going to a, going to a school where there were a lot more white people. And I was, I was always the one like, no, I get along with them. Like, they're really cool people, blah, blah, blah. They're not racist and none of that stuff. That's just what the media portray, portrays, all of that. So it kind of made me like, I don't know. It just gave me, it made me look at him differently. I'm not going to lie. I really did look at him differently. And it was kind of mad that I had put all my like trust and love into this person and um, called to my friend and all this just for him to like be like that. But at the same time, I was just like, you know, it's one of those things where I have to teach him. So I started telling him like the history of the word, like you can't Mm -hmm. be using it. I know they use it in songs and music now. So I'm kind of okay with that because, you know, sometimes you can't control it in a song. Like if you're just going with the flow, you can't control it. And that even in songs that bothers me personally, I don't really use the word. The only time I use the word is when I'm actually talking about a black person who's ignorant and who's like maybe they're homeless. I'll be like, oh, my gosh, look at that n-word like on the street or like um if someone makes if a black person like makes me mad i'm like they like they such an n-word like that n-word just get on my nerves and this and that but the only time i use it is when i'm talking about someone who's actually like ignorant and you know they need to re reevaluate their lives and the only time i hear it because i live with my mom mm-hmm. and my sister i live with all girls and my family is mostly girls so i always you know can hear their conversations when they're talking about guys so the only time I hear it used is when they're talking about guys that have broken their hearts. They're like, that N-word, he always with his mama. He lived with his mama. He don't got no job. He don't got no money. So I grew up with a bad connotation of that word. And for him to use it, think that it's okay to use it so freely, like it's just, you know, like like calling me bro or something. It's not like that at all. So I just had to tell him that. I was yeah. just so crazy. That's just, you would, I don't think you would ever really understand because Ree was telling me the same thing. Like he would never truly understand he could just do his best to change himself. But, like, that word is really crazy to me. Yeah. It's, like, it just affects me on that. Yeah, I would never understand. And, honestly, like, mm-hmm. a lot of people won't be able to understand. And, like, what we said before, like, people who keep saying they understand how it feels like. Yeah. No, you don't. Like, their ancestors. Like, your ancestors were literally right. in that situation. Right. Like. they were in that situation and look where it's brought me now like you have no idea how much harder it is for me to just do simple things because of the what's written in history like it's literally written in history for me to be incarcerated by the time I was like 16 I'm supposed to be in jail right now I'm not supposed to be going to China for college I'm supposed to be in jail 
I'm supposed to be poor. I'm my mom's supposed to be well, she's supposed to be a single mother. You know, like the stereotypes, like that's what's written for us. That's what the media portrays. Mm-hmm. And you have no idea how hard it is when like things are kind of like set in stone and you have to really get past the grain. And it really and it really like it really boils my blood when I hear people say like, oh, they're just doing that because he's black. They're just doing that because he's black. And it's okay for them to do that because they're black. Because because that he's black, he doesn't get that opportunity without people's help. And then it's like, okay, he's helping him just because he's black. But then he also has uh, the chance of just walking in the street and getting shot in the head just because he's black. So, I mean, it goes two ways, but people don't really care mm-hmm. to like, some people don't really care to think about it on a deeper level. And even though it's kind of, it's really complicated because I can stand up for black people all the time, but then I turn around and I actually criticize them as well. There's so much hatred in the community. Like it's it's mm-hmm. all just so complicated. And that's why I really want to like have money. Cause once you have money, you have a voice and I just want to be able to speak and change things. So Mm-hmm. but there was this one day I went I walked outside I was just walking to school and four boys just tried to jump me like they like I don't know if they were trying to jump me or rob me so scared yeah. to even walk do you remember when we were I think it was like our first lunch out and then yeah when you mm-hmm. were still in class three <laughs> and I we wanted to go yeah. to Chinese KFC a while there and then when we got there we found there was no seats and then I remember you turned to me and you kind of like whispered you whispered in my ear and you were like um can we leave I was like oh, what happened we like literally just got here we, we traveled so far here and then you were like I don't feel comfortable I'm like Khalil what are you talking about like what are you <laughs> what are you saying are you crazy like we just walked so far here and then you're like look at that kid I was like what <laughs> and then you pointed the kid out and then the kid was looking at you, but they were hiding behind yeah. his dad's legs. And he was, yeah. like, kind of scared, you know? And then I remember we were walking out of the store, and I think was pretty mad. And then I was I was just, like, I didn't really know mm. how to feel. Like, I was a little bit shocked. Like, I didn't expect this to happen. But, like, I learned a mm. lot of, like, Black history, Black culture with you. But, like, before, yeah. we didn't even talk that much, right? So, like, I kind of just, like, I thought you would have just, like, handled it or done something. Or maybe, like, the kid wasn't even looking at you. But then afterwards, while we were walking back, you were saying, like, how you felt. And then I felt, like, mm-hmm. how you, you thought you could trust us. And, like, it really hit me deep, too. Because I was like, this man right here he's telling us how he feels and he's not he's not scared to show his vulnerability and he's not scared of how he truly feels and you know as friends you should support each other and like maybe it was a little bit just like out of the blue but like these things happen out of the blue you know like you can't just like predict it's gonna happen like oh that's gonna happen so let's just not go to kfc right and i feel like you were talking about it i mean he was a little bit mad at you I was really confused but when I listened I was like yeah I like I can't understand it but I knew that it was time for us to go Uh, so before the program I prepared myself mentally and physically for anything for anything I thought that I was just going to be so ready for any type of situation possible I was like God throw anything you got at me I'm ready for it 
But I'm telling you, Melody, I was not ready for that right there. When that little girl was hiding behind her dad, when she looked at me, like, I was just mm-hmm. like, like, I was like, what are you scared of? Like, there's nothing about me to be scared of. Is it just because of my skin color? Obviously, it was. But, like, to just experience that, it's just kind of, like, it's just so crazy. Like, I don't, I honestly, like, I didn't know what type of feeling I was feeling. I don't know if I was feeling, like, like, I don't know how I felt. I just felt some type of, like, like just like it it just kind of feels weird when your worth is just kind of like just stomped on like that like I was not prepared for that yeah and also at the same time like I feel like later on you knew like it wasn't really Mm -hmm. that kid's fault and it wasn't like their education never seen a black person before it's just because yeah it's like so yeah I talked to my family I talked to my host family about it I talked to the teachers and they told me that they're just curious and, and stuff like that and, you know, th- I don't think I've ever told anybody this story, too. But mm-hmm. I, when I told my whole family about that situation, they were like, you know what? They kind of had that sit down talk as if we were about to talk about sex. But basically, my whole family was like, you know, this is why we yeah. made sure to get a black host child. Because when Maldo, my little host brother, when he was a little, uh, one day they seen an African kid, you know, walk into school. And Maldo was like, oh, my gosh, look how ugly he is. So then that's the day. Um, they was like, oh, yeah, you, oh, yeah, we got to fix that. So they made Maldo be friends with the African kid. And Maldo ended up becoming best friends with the kid. And then my host family, they found out about the study abroad program. And they were <laughs> like, we got to get a black host brother. And Maldo, me and Maldo, that has been like my little brother for life. I don't even have a little brother here at home. So he's like literally my only little brother. So it's just cool to see how like, and that's the reason I want to yeah. go back. And that's the reason that. Um, it started to not affect me as much when other people would like look at me and get scared or look at me and say like oh look at that African person over there with like a disgusting face and stuff when I would be out like by myself it's because that I can make change so like I changed my dose perspective like he loved he he's like he loves me as a big brother and like he was crying when I was Mm -hmm. when I left and I made other friends there that um you know they were like oh I want to be cool with this be friends with this black guy and then I had I was able to teach them like um I don't play basketball I don't rap you know like I do other things instead of that and they were like oh I'm so sorry this and that well we can still be bros and all this you know so it's cool that I can make a difference and this is I can't make that type of impact here people don't do not listen to me Believe it or not, Melody, but when I open my mouth, the second I open my mouth, mm-hmm. everyone is like, oh, my Lord, here we go again. Because it's just like I'm always put on blast because I went to China and all this. Like, I'm just <laughs> so special. And really, I'm just doing what everyone else should be doing. Um, so it was just cool to actually be heard and actually be, like, making a change. Yeah. So that's why I want to go back. Well, yeah. Also, Khalil, the funny thing is I remember when I was there, you gained a lot of fans. Like, you were taking pictures yeah, of people. Yeah, that's true. People, people were, were so happy to see you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember our last day, people were walking by. They were like, can't we take pictures with all of you? And also, I forgot what happened. But I remember, like, you left because you were kind of, like, oh, mad about something. I forgot what. But, like, during that time, I don't know if you know this, but we actually took pictures with so many people. And then I was like, (laughs) (laughs) it sounds so bad, but we were pretending, I think we were pretending. Oh gosh, that is the the best idea ever. I wish I was there. Why I had to be so mad all the time? (laughs) (laughs) This little girl had like her hair in a ponytail and then like 
little princess dress. And then her mom was like encouraging her. She's like, uh-huh. <laughs> and then the little girl's like, can I take a picture with you to and then like this girl <laughs> I'm talking like she's like feet tall and then this gigantic six four guy he's like yes sure and then he holds her hand oh. kneels down and takes a picture and then she says wow which is like prince charming god and then later she took a picture with wow. she's like that's the princess and then I was like god why are you I wish I was there to see it. It was the sweetest moment. I kept texting you that day. I was like, Khalil, where are you? And you're just like, no. I was like, Dang, no. What was I mad about? Here. I forgot what I was mad. It was probably something stupid. I don't know. I was just so emotional during that I, shit. Yeah, it was like insecurity, anger, all this stuff just coming together. And I I was so mad after at the end of the trip because I was like, I prepared mm-hmm. myself for this. Like, I prepared myself for anything. And then now, look, all this stuff is happening. I'm actually did. I, I'm actually glad I did take time, yeah. you know, to be like alone in China and stuff like that, um, because it just helped me kind of like, because mm-hmm. um, with you guys, it was just like I wasn't really paying attention to like the world around me. I was just so focused on like interactions with you guys. We were having conversations. I was so like into you guys, but when I was like by myself, I would realize certain things about mm-hmm. the people, like the way they would walk, what they would do. And I would realize certain things about the, the country itself, like how the streets were like set up differently and how the buildings had different types of architecture and stuff like that. So it was just kind of cool to go alone. But at the same time, I do wish that I did, I did kind of like um, do things in a group together with you guys more. And I didn't get like so like, you know, well, I don't know the word, selfish. But at the end of the day, like we literally created such a strong bond i remember those last two days where man just thinking about it yeah. like i'm literally tearing up right it's now so crazy. our whole study abroad experience really, really just shaped who we are and i mean for you i know you said like you regret just being so emotional during the trip but honestly i think that was like such a good experience for you i mean First of all, being yeah, I did. Another it country really must did. have felt mm-hmm. really different. <laughs> Most importantly, you literally did a whole self-reflection for yourself, and after that month, mm-hmm. you knew exactly right away what you wanted to do, what you wanted to achieve. Okay, and you told yourself why you are here. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's something that a lot of people don't know. Like, yeah. why do you exist? What's your purpose, right? And you found that purpose. And honestly, like, thank you so much. I'm so proud of you for doing that. And thanks, all, thank you. I'll keep. Like, I'll I do my best to keep to up, so like, the reputation, I guess, because I don't want to let you down. Now that you say that, I feel like there's pressure. Like, I don't want to let you down and give up and you know do something that you know will make you not look <laughs> up to me anymore. So that really does motivate me. Um. So yeah, I keep being great and you're going to be great yeah. too. You're going to find things, you're going to find your own passion one day and you're going to just surpass me with it. Like you're just going to just make it your own thing <laughs> and just keep it up. That's just what happens in life, you know. Aww, so thank you. Remember Khalil, <laughs> our deal, once you become a famous CEO, mm-hmm. after you start your live streams in China and make a ton of money, Remember, all I'm asking for is a really, really, really fancy, nice At the top of a hotel, the Shanghai, like the top of the a Shanghai Pearl Tower. Like the I do have a clothing um, brand hello? called Culture Base 9. 
Um, so basically our mission is to spread cultural awareness because a lot of people realize the importance of knowing about another culture. If you go to my Instagram, the link is in the bio. So yeah, just go to my Instagram. I said it already, Kaliu, K-A-H-H-L-I-U. Anyways, so yeah, if you want to keep up with yeah. my life and stuff like that. Yeah, and also uh, I'm going to tag mm-hmm. you okay, in okay. the episode cover art on my Instagram or on this podcast. By the way, the and cover you art you do is that is so amazing. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I just recently started getting into it. I started on the third uh-huh. episode where I like take a picture. That is so cool. Or I, you, yeah, I take a picture. Talk to me, Melody. Talk to me after this podcast because I got something to tell you. So you got to be a millionaire. <laughs> I'm serious. Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> well, yeah. So if you haven't already followed the podcast Instagram, it's at the study break podcast on Instagram, all lowercase, the study break podcast. And that's with no space. Um, I'll be tagging Khalil in the episode four cover art. So you can find all of his information there. So that'll be the end of our podcast. Thank you to my guest, Khalil. Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. Make sure to tune into your favorite podcast app, Follow Study Break and listen to a new episode every Tuesday. Thank you all so much for listening and have a great day. Bye. Bye, guys.